Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and this is Conversations with Cynthia. I'm so glad that you're joining me and that you're taking the time to really better yourself and learn some concepts that might be life-changing. And this week, we are talking all about the power of influence and what influence really is. And it's really important that you understand that every human influences the world. Whether you know it or not, you're influencing whoever it is that's seeing you, interacting with you, watching with you, watching you, whatever it is. Because influence, we influence people by what we do, what we don't do, what others see us doing, many times without us knowing, and what others see us doing that they don't want to do. And so we are watching people as well. And technology, oh my goodness, we have so much access to watching people and seeing people. And so what, what, what really is influence? What, what are you doing? And influence truly is, in a general sense, it kind of denotes power. And it's whose operation, the, the power of influence is invisible and it's only known by its effects or a power whose cause and operation are unseen. So that's what's so amazing about influence. It's a power that we can't see. It's a power that is invisible. But the only way we know that influence occurred is by its effects. So we talked a lot about influential women in the Bible. And we're going to finish up with the women that have influenced. And then we're going to talk about men. So we talked yesterday about Hannah and Abigail, Queen Esther, Ruth, the Moabite. Let's talk about Hagar today. And this is an amazing story. Because Sarah... She negatively influenced Abraham two times. He negatively influenced her two times. But Hagar was positively influenced by God. And it caused her to treat Sarah differently. So you think about what happened with Hagar. She's a handmaiden. So I'm sure she felt like she had no influence. She had no choices. Sarah was the queen of that household. And she had been told by God that she was going to have a child, but she was in her 70s. So Abraham was really continuing to hope that this was going to happen. So Sarah took matters into her own hands. She influenced Abraham. She said, I want that baby. So go sleep, have sex, with my handmaiden, Hagar. What was Hagar going to do? 
She was an employee. She had nowhere to go. And so she did. So she had a baby, and this was Ishmael. And then Sagar, I mean, Sarah ended up hating Hagar because of it and sent her out into the desert. And when she was brought back, Hagar was very humble still. And so she positively influenced Sarah because she was positively influenced by God. Because God says, I see you. I see you. And that's one of the most amazing things is that God sees us. He knows us. And he says, I am the God who sees you. And he rescued Hagar, who was in the desert, had given herself up for dead and was going to let her child die. We also see this example of Job. Now, we're going to talk about Job later in terms of his influence. But let's look at his wife. Both he and his wife experienced the same tragedies. But Job's wife was not influenced positively. But that didn't stop Job. Because Job didn't give up. He didn't even allow himself to be negatively influenced by his wife or his friends. Because remember, his friends showed up. Three of them came from all over the, the world. The most intelligent men, these four men, they came to be his friend. And for one week, they were so supportive. But they could only last a week. And then all three of them started finding all kinds of ways as to explain why Job was going through what he was going through. And it was very negative and very critical and very judgmental. But in spite of all of what happened to Job, even when his friends became judgmental, he was faithful to God. And so what we see here is that at the end of Job's life, he had all these children again. He got all of his kingdom back. He's having a big dinner to celebrate it. And we don't even know where Job's wife is. She, didn't, she wasn't there. She was still alive, but she wasn't included. And so the influence of Job's wife was one of negativity. In spite of everything Job was going through and the way that he handled himself, his wife did not become stronger. She didn't become more faithful to God, and she wasn't included as a heroine in any way. Even though Job is a hero, his wife was not included. She influenced in a way that we don't want to be. So let's look at, let, let, let's look at Deborah. Deborah and, and Barak, as they deliver, they're delivered from the Canaanites, and this is chapter 4. And it talks about the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And, and the Lord sold them to the hand of Jabin. He's the king of Canaan, who reigned with Hazar, and the, command, the commander of his army was uh, Sisera. And the sons of Israel, this is what it says, cried out to the Lord, for he had 900 iron chariots. And he opposed the sons of Israel. 
severely for 20 years. Now, Deborah, a prophetess, was judging Israel at that time. Isn't that amazing? That the Jewish <laughs> um, community, the Jewish world, allowed women to be in that position. They were pretty um, liberated, apparently. And so this prophetess was sitting under a palm tree. And it, this was the hill country of Ephraim. And the sons of Israel came up to her for judgment. So she sent them. And she summoned Bar Barak and said to him, Behold the Lord, the God of Israel has commanded, Go and march to the Mount Tabor and take with you 10,000 men from the sons of Naphtali and from the sons of Zebulun. And, and verse 7 says, I will draw out to you Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his many troops, and I'll give, I'll give him to you in your hand. And Barak said to her, Well, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you won't go with me, I won't go. And she said, Okay, surely I'll go with you. But nevertheless, the honor shall not be yours on the journey that you are about to take. The Lord will sell Sisera into the hands of a woman. And Deborah arose, went with Barak to Kadesh, and they took it over. So Deborah said to Barak, Arise for this day in which the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Behold, the Lord has gone out before you. So Barak went down to Mount Tabor with 10,000 men. The Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak and Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled on away on foot. So think about this. This is how powerful Deborah was. The influence she had. That she was brave enough to say, fine, if you're not going to go, I'm going. Because this is what God wants us to do. So this is a really courageous woman. That's the influence she had. She was very courageous. She was very intelligent. She was also very faithful to the Lord. So let's look at one more. This is Rahab. She's considered Rahab the brave. And this is in the book of Joshua. Even though she was considered a harlot, she's a heroine nonetheless. And she assisted two Israelite spies in escaping down the city wall of Jericho. So Rahab was pretty much a, uh, considered a prostitute. But she really was as brave as Queen Esther and Deborah the prophetess. She risked her life to hide the spies that were sent into Jericho by Joshua because she had taken them up to a roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax that she had laid on the roof. And that's Joshua chapter 2, verse 6. Because if these men had been discovered, it would have been certain death for Rahab. But she had heard about Israel, and something inside her helped her realize that the God of Israel was the one true God. Because this is what she said. 
I know that the Lord has given you the land and the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land will melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you and when he came out of Egypt and what you did to the kings of the Amorites you were devo- who were devoted to destruction. And so, so she says, God, he is, the, he is the God of heavens above and on the earth beneath. So Rahab is one of the few heroines of the Bible mentioned in what is called the Hall of Faith. This is in Hebrews chapter 11. And it says, quote unquote, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. So Rahab's faith saved her and her father's entire household. This is really important for us to realize. Despite Rahab's life and the prostitution that she lived within, she was considered a heroine because she could still hear God's voice. That's really important for us to recognize that in spite of whatever it is our life is about, however fallen our life is, God still sees us and God can still use us. See, she didn't fall under condemnation from Satan and say, well, who am I? I can't hear from God. I'm a prostitute. She heard from God and did what God asked her to do in spite of what her lifestyle was. Her lifestyle was not one we want to revere, but her obedience to God influenced an entire nation. This is what's so powerful about understanding. It's not about what we deserve. It's about how valued we are. And God values us. God can use anyone. He can use the blind, the deaf, the dumb, the depraved, the unintelligent, the powerful, the successful, whoever it is, he can use if they are willing to be used by God. There's no condition that God puts on it. So Rahab's faith saved her and her entire household. And the Israelites were able to do what they needed to do. So she is considered a heroine, even though her lifestyle was depraved. Let's think about this. Eve, the first woman that ever appeared on the planet the last thing God ever created, his crowning glory. This is the thing that he said to Adam. Oh, I'm not enough. I'm not enough for this man. It's not good for a man to be alone. And this was God saying, oh my goodness, even though I'm with him all the time and I made this beautiful planet, there's all these animals and plants and whatever, how beautiful the Garden of Eden was. He said, he really needs a companion. So I'm going to make a woman. So this is for all of us women to understand the influence we have over men. And, and I say this to men. <laughs> I, I have a lot of men on my case. Lord, I love working with men. They're amazing people. They're amazing creatures. And I always know that if a man is in my office, 
paying to talk to me because men don't like to sit around and talk and chat. They like to do. So I, I always know if a man comes to my office, there's a woman involved somewhere. He either wants a woman, lost a woman, is going to lose a woman, or doing business cons consultation with me because he wants to make more money so he can get a woman. Because I know that men will always change for a woman. They won't necessarily change for God or anybody else, but they will change for a woman. This is how influential women are in men's lives. So whether you know it or not, whether you see it or not, whether they acknowledge it or not, you have to understand how powerful women are. And sadly, our legacy is the first woman on the planet negatively influenced Adam and the whole world fell. And that's part of our legacy that we have to undo, that we need to positively influence men. Even if it doesn't look like we're influencing them, you have to understand the power that women have in men's lives, whether they acknowledge it or not, that we want to undo what Eve did. We don't want to negatively influence men. And this is really important to understand. That Eve influenced Adam. And did Adam take advantage of the influence? He followed her. He wanted to please her. He wanted her to be happy. He wanted to be in relationship with her. Think about, let's think about Mary. She influenced Jesus at the wedding in Cana, but it was a positive influence and affected the entire wedding positively and still serves as a lesson for all women as to how to influence and bring out the best of men. All the while getting what we need. See, Mary was influenced positively by the Holy Spirit. And in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, it says, I am the Lord's servant. And Mary answered, may it be to me as you have said. In other words, let it be your way, God. Your will be done. And whatever you ask of me, I will do with full trust and obedience. So Mary is a great example of maybe what Eve should have been. She was very committed to God. She listened to the Holy Spirit. She was brave enough to give birth to Jesus in spite of what was going on in her community and how exiled she was at many times. And at the wedding in Cana, she went to her son and she said, they're going to run out of wine. And Jesus said, like uh, all other men do, what does that have to do with me, right? <laughs> and she left it at that. She just said, here's my need. And Jesus picked up the need and took care of it. She didn't tell him how to do it. She didn't give a whole bunch of details. She just simply said, this is what I need. And she trusted he would take care of it. And he did. And it was an amazing story. So Mary influenced Jesus. But initially, Mary was influenced by the Holy Spirit and was willing to give birth to Christ. So who has influenced you? What women have influenced you?
positively or negatively. Your mom, your sister, your aunt, a friend, a female friend, a girlfriend, a wife, coach, a teacher, maybe a movie star. How about a famous athlete? I mean, Lindsey Vaughn, wow, right? That's crazy. What an amazing influencer she is. A TV character, a book, a character in a book, or just a friend. So when you think about a woman, who has influenced you positively, who has influenced you negatively? And so I want you to really work on forgiving yourself and the women that have maybe not shown up the way that they were supposed to. And maybe you need to let them have a comeback. Maybe those women that have failed you need to have a comeback. And if they're not willing to come back, you need to forgive them. And learn, lead them, and affirm them, and commit to them. Because God blesses our character. So it's really important that we don't judge ourselves. This is really only God's realm, his job. He, he, does, not, he does not take lightly judgment. And that is his realm. You are not to judge yourself or others. That is God's job. It doesn't mean that we don't judge our behaviors. Absolutely. Because that's part of what gives us an ethical stance and gives us integrity and honesty. So we, we certainly want to judge our behaviors, but we don't judge who we are. We're mistake-making people. We're fallen people. And we want to believe that we're doing the best we can. And I say to clients every day, you're doing the best you can. And they say, no, I could do better. And I say, well, if you could do better... Why aren't you doing better? If I could do better, why wouldn't I do better? So we're not to judge ourselves. And as women, we want to have a good comeback. You want to keep coming back. Everybody loves a comeback. And we talked about on Monday, Jesus Christ, the greatest comeback of all times. You know so many heroes, so many athletes, so many CEOs, whoever it is, they come back addicts, right? They're heroes if they come back. Your husband who failed you and fixes it. You who fail him. Or you fail your kids, but you come back. So keep coming back. This is one of the best and greatest ways to influence people. Is that every time you fall, you get up. Every time you transgress, You've asked for forgiveness and you fix it. Be one of the greatest comebacks. That's one of the best ways to influence all the people in your life, the people that are seeing you that you don't even know are seeing you, and the people that are watching you. So you keep coming back. Now tomorrow we're going to look at men of influence. We're going to look at seven great men of the Bible that have influenced us and influenced the world. So keep coming back. Don't give up. You have greater influence than you realize. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Thank you so much for all of your comments. 
and your feedback. Have a blessed day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.